Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode six of the Disorder Podcast. If you're new here, what's up? My name is Jamie. In this podcast, we talk about all things toxic diet culture related and just try to have a better conversation around food to bring awareness to disordered eating and all that toxicity around food and society in general. So I'm super excited for today for a few reasons. So first off, I'm super happy to announce that this podcast is now available on a ton of different streaming services, including Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, Podcast Index, and Listen Notes. So if you're listening on any of those different streaming sites, hello. I am super happy you're here, but I am still in the process of getting this on Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Google Podcasts, so stay tuned. Um, I'm not sure that I'll have them up and going by this time this episode is up, but I do think by the next episode, it should be good to go. So that's exciting because, you know, that means if Spotify is not your go-to that you can listen to this podcast on any streaming platform that you so please in about a week. So another little life update, another exciting thing that's happening is I'm moving. I'm moving down to Texas this week. I'm super excited. I feel like my post-grad life is really about to begin. Um, Yeah, I can't wait, you know, just to see where God leaves me in this next chapter of my life. Um, You know, I just... I am obviously nervous, I'm obviously a little scared, but I know that, you know, God will guide me where I need to go, so even though I have no idea what's happening in the next few months, I like genuinely know what's going on loosely in the next couple days, and that's it. After that, I have no idea, but I feel like that's kind of an exciting time, and I feel like this is the first leap of faith of many of the next year and I'm excited. I I kind of had um, an idea that I would end up in Texas post-grad. I have family in Dallas so I just kind of assumed I would end up there but I'm not going to Dallas. It kind of everything just fell into place I guess and I, I think that's just how you know that <laughs> it's kind of God calling you to go somewhere else. So yeah, I'm I'm scared, but I'm excited. I don't know anyone in the city I'm going to, but yeah, I think it'll be a fun, fun little thing. So the next time you listen to this podcast, I will no longer be home. I'll be in a new place, which is super exciting. Okay, so let's dive into today's topic, which is all about Greek life and the disordered eating surrounding, you know, Greek life in general. So the, the way this topic kind of came to mind was, I don't know, I just started asking like the general questions of what in Greek life environment fosters this pressure to look a certain way. You know, is it the houses? Is it the girls? Is it the university? Is it, you know, the fraternities in Greek life that are just like pressuring each other mutually with like the frat guys pressuring the sorority girls and vice versa? So today we're going to do a deep dive into Greek life and I just think this is a super needed talk to a lot of people. I think this subject is very, I I don't want to say touchy, but it's just not talked about because the people in Greek life are very hush-hush about a lot of things, that's no secret. 
But I think this is just a big issue among, you know, hundreds of issues within Greek life, especially right now. So I just wanted to kind of ignite a conversation around my experience in Greek life and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you know, I I knew when I was in college and in a sorority house, I just would have loved for someone to talk about this. I would have loved for someone to have told me that some of the things that go on and the talks are just not normal and I don't have to listen to everyone around me to kind of give myself to this toxic diet culture of Greek life and just really the toxic culture of validation in general. But as you know, as every episode, I do want to just do a little disclaimer and say that this is not like a call out on my specific sorority. I have no bad blood with the house I was in itself. Um, I made some of my closest friends and met some of just the best people in my life through my sorority. And I do just want to make a point to say that this has nothing to do with my specific house and the people in it. This is really just a generalized sum of all the experience that I've had within the general Greek life and what my friends have had in Greek life. So everything I'm saying has nothing to do with the people. I think it just more so has to do with the culture of Greek life itself. So yeah, just wanted to say that so you don't think I'm like bashing people or whatever you know so it's not about the the girls in the sorority but rather the system as a whole is the summary of that whole spiel all right now that that said let's really get into it so I just wanted to start at the beginning because I think that's where it all starts is really the pressure around rush so I'm not sure if anyone listening is not familiar with Greek life or rush or which is you know also called recruitment But basically, that is the process where you choose which house you want to join, but it has to be a mutual selection. So that means that if you like a house, it needs to like you back for you to move on in the process. You can't like a house and the house doesn't want you and you move on or vice versa. If a house likes you, but you don't like it, you have the ability to drop it. So It kind of sounds easy enough, but it's a really, really taxing and just like grueling process with just so much emotion around it. And I really want to touch on that buildup of emotion in recruitment and how it can just make us feel like Greek life is the entire, you know, like premise of the world. Because I think that's a huge root to some of the issues within Greek life is just the buildup from day one of how it just makes you feel. So yeah, recruitment is insane. If you're not familiar with it, I would really just look up like a video or a vlog so that you can grasp it and the whole premise of it because I'm really just going to hit on the emotions around it rather than the logistics of it. So you know, if you think about the premise of the emotional timeline with recruitment, you get to college, which is already just one of the biggest emotional processes of your entire life. Like genuinely, you're leaving everything familiar behind just to get launched, just fully thrown into this new environment with new people, new experiences, new places. And then you automatically, which this is 
at least for um, the University of Missouri, we rushed the week before school even started. So you, you don't go to classes. You don't go anywhere else. You don't get acclimated to the university. The only people you're around are people also going through Greek life. Like we were there even a week before the new freshman got there. So you automatically just get launched and fully submerged into this just insane process of trying to find a sorority house. So yes, I do agree that it sounds really kind of stupid to, you know, the outside spectator, but this week of rush makes finding a sorority feel like it is just your entire life. You know, genuinely from like 5 a.m. to midnight, for seven days straight, you're in the world of Greek life. You think about it, you talk about it, you like everyone you are with at all times is going through the same thing and you're all new so you don't really have history with each other. So all you have to talk about is Greek life and what's going on. And you're in this just really weird stage of your life where you're kind of at a loss with, you know, moving away from your home life your familiar relationships, you know, just having your family members with you. And then, you know, you're just, you know, and I can't, I can't keep saying, you know, I feel like I just say that a lot when I'm just very amped up about the things I'm talking about. So sorry about that. Let me, let me scale that back a bit. But anyway, (laughs) we continue. So you're just watching these houses of sororities And they're just talking about sisterhood and you're just craving it more than anything because you feel that loss of those relationships from your hometown. And then you are watching these girls have these relationships in this new city and that's what you want. So your feelings are just, you're feeling lonely and a little scared and you just really want that community that is guaranteed. So you're basically at this stage just doing anything to be liked by these girls in these houses talking to you. And I know going through recruitment, at least for me, a lot of girls would say, oh, you know, we, this is hard for us too. Girls on the other side, I mean, you know, in the, in the sorority houses, they would just say like, this is hard for us too, because we want to get good girls and, you know, it's nerve wracking for us. And being on both sides of recruitment, I don't think that's true. They're in a house. They have their friends. They don't, it doesn't really affect them in any way, the girls that the house gets, of course, which we'll get into this, just the stigma around certain houses. And so, of course, they they do want a certain group of girls, but those girls, those specific girls talking to you in recruitment, they they have their house. They have their place. And so it's it's more nerve-wracking for the people coming in new, not knowing anyone, just wanting any kind of friendship, any kind of community. So when you do get in a house, that feeling just kind of continues of just wanting validation and and you know, subconsciously you just really want to be liked by these girls in your new house especially with your pledge class, which if you don't know what a pledge class is, it's the girls in the sorority um, from your rush year who are typically in your grade, but you know, you can, you can definitely have girls not in your grade, but you know, in general, I think from the get go, it really fosters this need for approval, which can be seen out in many different areas, which could include how you dress or how you do your hair or what you say 
And for me, I think my desire for approval came out in a few ways, but definitely with boys, I guess. I would just obsess over these frat dudes who, no offense, were just trash. They were trash. And I would just keep on them because they had this title of a frat that the girls in my sorority kind of put a value to. And I think that stigma around frat guys within sororities is just, it's insane. My sister and I were actually just talking about this the other day. And especially freshman year, it was just like, if you were talking to a guy who was either not in a frat or in a frat that was kind of deemed as not the cool one, you just by association were not cool. Like, it, it wasn't cool to talk to someone not in a frat. It wasn't cool to talk to someone in, you know, one of those, like, lower houses, quotation marks around that word. But I don't really know any other way to put it, but there's just, there's a huge social ladder with Greek life in general and, and frats also in that group of Greek life. And it's like, whether it was your boyfriend or fling, it just said so much about you of what frat he was in and if he was in a frat from the other girl's perspective in Greek life. It was just a huge flex to go to these cool top frat date parties and you wouldn't want to bring guys from certain frats to your date parties. And I just remember when I did go to a certain frat's date party that was kind of deemed as cool. This was the one and only time I ever went to their date party. But the guys were just referring to girls by their house. I'm I'm not even kidding you. The they were calling girls by their literal sorority house. They like rather than their names. And they were saying that the freshman guys were not allowed to bring girls who were not in these certain quote unquote top sorority houses. And I just remember sitting in a room and these guys walked in and they were like, oh, so-and-so brought this girl from this house. Like, you know, that's so weird. Like, it, it was just so gross. It was so disgusting. And I was in shock. I was in shock. And so I think that mindset just really starts fostering this unobtainable standard for these sorority girls to kind of fit this mold that these specifically these frat guys think of when they think of their sororities they want to fit that mold so that they are kind of included in this what seems like an elite community of being included in this frat life the sorority life and intermixing them getting invited to you know like formals and date parties and just going and hanging out at at the frat houses that was just deemed as this secret top you know elite society and yeah, it's just certain houses or sororities in general just have the stigma around looks and just looking a certain way. And this whole kind of premise just feeds into it. You know, college is really this time in your life where you're just really wanting to fit in and find approval around you. And I feel like I was just really conforming to the personalities around me specifically freshman year and I was afraid to show certain aspects of myself because I wasn't sure how they would be perceived and I don't know think about this so when it comes to boys and really wanting that validation from frat boys um so sororities are banned from having alcohol in their house and of course that means it's banned to have them at 
you know, like parties in sorority houses. So basically what I'm saying is you can't have parties in sorority houses. I don't even know if the last sentence was English, but anyway, point is no parties in sorority houses, no alcohol in sorority houses. So by default, freshman and sophomore year, you're really just attending a lot of frat parties because you know, you just, ha- you have these group me's, or at least we did, we have group me's with frats, and they're talking about their parties, and for those of us who are either scared to go to the bars, or don't have a fake, or whatever, you attend these frat parties, and it did kind of feel like this elite thing, because I just remember my uh, first roommate freshman year wasn't in Greek life, and she just didn't really know what was going on in Greek life. She didn't know when frat parties were happening or anything, and kind of asked me, and I just remember feeling almost like elite. I, I don't know how else to say it, but I was like, oh, I feel as though I have insight to this top secret information of when these frat parties are because I'm in a sorority house, and so it just from the get-go kind of puts Greek life on this pedestal because we're really only communicating with each other and it feels like we are in this club and I feel like in return these frats hold this kind of powers over sororities where they have parties and they have date parties and formals and the sorority girls kind of hold them on this pedestal because you know like they think they can offer them something and because these frat boys typically share one brain cell in the entire house they just care about what the girl looks like and if she's in a quote unquote hot house which that's their words not mine so by default these girls are kind of succumbing to the standards of this sorority life and it can lead to eating disorders and and other things to just try and fit that mold to get the benefits from these frat guys And when everyone is subconsciously conforming to these kind of standards, we all just really start promoting this toxic culture without even realizing. And, you know, I touched on this in the last episodes, but I would not eat in the dining hall because during meals, girls would just talk about their diets and how they wanted to look a certain way for a date party or a social or how they were going to this frat's formal at the lake of the ozarks and they're going to be wearing a swimsuit and so they have to look like this and therefore they have this diet and just everyone all the time was talking about how they felt like they looked ugly how they felt like they looked fat how they are on this diet to look this way and after i came out of it i really just could not figure out what it stemmed from i think what it really comes down to now looking back is just that desire for validation and typically and unfortunately getting validation from these fat guys also leads to validation from the girls in a sorority house so it's like a double-edged sword and therefore you're kind of conforming to this toxic idea of a beauty standard within a sorority to kind of get that validation from both parties But, you know, I can validate that as soon as you graduate college and you look back at Greek life, you're just kind of in shock with the the way you you talked or what you did while in it. I personally was just obsessed, like all girls, with these meaningless titles that did nothing for me. You know, Greek life titles mean nothing. 
And it's just so funny how much we used to think that it did mean while we were in it. And I'm definitely grateful for the experience, don't get me wrong. And again, especially now that I can talk about it while being on the other side. But I know it's not for the faint of heart. And I know that it can be a difficult thing to be in and be around all this kind of culture. But, you know, on the other side, I don't think you're going to die or even possibly regret it if you don't do it. But I think that if you are in Greek life and are listening to this and are kind of relating to what I'm saying or just don't know what to do with this kind of culture or thoughts, I think you can really change the conversation for those around you by just challenging the normal conversation. So... First, I think we just really need to stop placing these frat guys on a pedestal and really just start looking for them for who they are. Like, are they actually a good person? Or are you just obsessed with the title and kind of the benefits that goes around them? Because I do think that there are good guys in frats. I have met guys in fraternities that are great people. So it's not everyone. I think it's just the lump sum hole that gets put in this group and it's it's unfortunate, but it, and it does need to change what I'm saying so yeah I just think we need to stop conforming to what the people around us are saying just don't feed into this kind of status quo of what you think you have to look like or what you have to say because in reality after these four years of your life nobody will care what house you're in or who you talk to or what house he was in no one and even senior year a big Oh, that voice crack. A big red flag senior year was if a guy would come up to me and ask what house I was in. Immediately, I was I was like, all right, you're at least a freshman or a sophomore. There's no way you're an upperclassman and you are actually asking me what house I'm in. So it's just interesting to see how it kind of molds and shapes throughout the year where people care so much freshman year. But then by senior year, I was... No offense to my sorority house, but I was just kind of embarrassed to be involved in Greek life. I really was. I, I stopped telling people I was in a sorority. I really stopped posting about it, took it out of my Instagram bio, the whole the whole nine yards because the conversation around Greek life was just getting more and more negative and it just became this thing where I was just kind of not, not really wanting to get groups in that group. But yeah, I would just say if you are in Greek life, just start looking inward about what makes you happy out Greek life because I do think that there are positives in it and just really hone in on that and block out the other white noise I think like I said there are benefits there are also downsides so just look deep into what is good focus on that challenge the toxicity that is associated with Greek life honestly and yeah like I said before I was able to meet some of my best friends through my sorority and I do think I was able to see a different side of Greek life through my sorority. Um, There are a lot of girls who did have a really good relationship with God, and I think that that kind of started steering me in that direction more so than, you know, the whole party scene in college because I saw how these girls were living and how kind they were, and I just, I really wanted to follow that example. And there were a lot of girls that I looked up to in my sorority house Um, and so I'm very grateful for the experience. Like I said, um, senior year was just a different kind of beast because I was the older girl and you just really start to feel disconnected as a whole. So just 
grouping out senior year, I do think my sorority house had a lot of positives to it. So I would just say find those positives, find those positive people, look for them and surround yourself with them. Don't settle for these girls that you're changing your relationship or relationship, your personality for because you're scared of rejection. Just look for the girls that are a good, wholesome group, good people, because they do exist in Greek life. And you do have that in common that you're in the same house. And that's, that's really the way to kind of build this relationship. And, and it's great. And it can be great. But okay, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm starting to preach a little bit. So we're just going to end it there. I, I really do hope that this helps kind of ignite something within you and make sense of Greek life. I know it didn't really necessarily get into specifics about the eating disorders within Greek life, but I think I just wanted to kind of more so focus on what sparks eating disorders among other things. But if you want me to continue this conversation, let me know. As always, if you have any kind of comments or questions, concerns, you can always shoot me a DM on Instagram. It is just at Jamie Robin, my name. And yeah, that is it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. And yes, I will talk to you guys next week when I am a newly declared Texas girl. So yeah, anyway, I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.